This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee, and I know it's been a while since like we put out an episode, but I was like, I had COVID, I think, and I, I was on holiday. So there's a lot of stuff just happened, just updating you on my life, even though you don't need it. But um, Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about, uh, this is very new news. Uh, I'm recording this on August 5th which is a Friday, and the news literally came out this morning, you know, as I was, like, waking up in bed, I saw this news come out. And, um, you know, people who do follow the uh, DC Extended Universe would already know that um, Batgirl, which would have been part of the DC Extended Universe, has been canned, meaning the movie will not screen, even though it is almost completed. So it will not screen anywhere. It will not be in streaming. It will not be in theatres. Uh, another movie, Scoop, uh, I think it's called Scoop Haunted Holiday or something. Basically, it's a Scooby-Doo movie. Like, it's a sequel to to a previous Scooby-Doo animated movie. This animated movie has also been canned, so it's been taken down. It will not be streamed. It will not air in theatres. And this news obviously has gotten a lot of people uh, in Hollywood and, you know, people who just follow comics, you know, love the DC universe, uh, you know, love, you know, HBO or Warner Brother products. You know, they've gotten really riled up like, because like, what's going on? Why are the streaming movies, you know, not, why are these movies not going to be streamed? And then uh, there was news coming out today that HBO Max, which is the streaming service that uh, Warner Brothers uh, Discovery, the company is now called Warner Brothers Discovery, owns uh, in the US. It's not like they are taking things off HBO Max. So like certain titles are disappearing off HBO Max lah. So people are like, oh my god, oh my god, what's going on, right? And um, just to clarify, HBO Max is not currently available in Singapore. Singapore, the streaming service uh, that's under Warner Media is, H- is HBO Go. But I believe there's always been a very uh, long-term plan to phase out, uh, you know, HBO Go and introduce HBO Max into Singapore. So, you know, this does eventually will probably affect Singaporean consumers as well. But right now, you know, we, we are a bit separated from HBO Max. I have not checked yet whether the HBO Go app in Singapore has taken off the movies that supposedly HBO Max has taken off. So that part I I cannot verify for you yet. Um, Yeah, let's get into the news. As I said, you know, Bad Girl Scoop 2 has been canned. Things are disappearing off HBO Max. So what is going on, right? Basically, the big question is why are these things happening? What is going on? Okay, to answer that question, we need to get into a little bit of industry stuff, which is that um, basically all of these decisions, right, happened under Warner Bros. Discovery's boss, David Zaslav. Zaslav. God, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. But basically, David Z-A-S-L-A-V is his name. I'm going to go with Zaslav because it feels more comfortable to me. Okay, so he he is the boss of Warner Bros. Discovery. If that sounds weird to you, it's because Warner Bros. Discovery is a fairly new thing. Um, Warner Bros. Discovery is the merger between, is the result of the merger between Warner Media and Discovery Inc. So two things merged together. And uh, David Zaslav is now the boss. And previously, right before David Zaslav, the person in charge of Warner Media prior to the um, prior to the merger, right, is a man called Jason Killar. And I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. It's K I L A R. Jason Killar. 
I guess. Um, if it's wrong, I'm really, really very sorry to everybody involved. <laughs> okay, so um, previously, the outgoing Warner Media CEO is Jason Killar. And Jason Killar's strategy during uh, the pandemic was very, very controversial because if you remember, um, during that period of time when things were really like um, up in the air, people had no idea whether things could screen in theatres and everything, Jason Killer basically made the executive decision to release all of his 2021 slates. So this included movies like Dune, very big block, block, blockbusters like Dune, like, um, uh, what's that movie, uh, Matrix Resurrections, all on two streaming at the same time with the theater, theatrical release. So it was a day and date release, if, if I remember correctly. It was day and date release. And of course, this cost a lot of unhappiness amongst um, uh, filmmakers. So this decision was very controversial already, right? Because the filmmakers, a lot of filmmakers were like, we were not consulted, you know. And the thing with streaming and theatrical releases is that the, the way you earn money from streaming is a bit different from theatrical releases. And it's not as... Um, streaming is like still fairly new to the movie industry. So um, the way like, profits are negotiated are a bit iffy and up in the air and not as well stated as if it was a theatrical release. So obviously people are like upset, right? And then of course, some people just feel that, you know, they're purists, like, you know, they make a movie to be enjoyed on the big screen, not in your com- not on your computer screen, you know, things like that. So this was a very controversial decision. But now that Jason Kilar is out and David Zaslav is in, David Zaslav basically is completely cost-correcting uh, Jason Kilar's strategy, just completely tossing his strategy out the window. And this is why um, things like Bad Girl and Scoop have been cancelled. Because Bad Girl and Scoop were meant to go directly to streaming. So they were not meant, I believe they were not meant to have a theatrical release. Or if they were going to have a theatrical release, it was always going to be very limited. I'm not very, I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, but yes, basically they were supposed to be for streaming, lah, right? And he basically, David Zaslav is saying he does not want that. He wants to embrace theatrical entirely. And there is also like, um, you know, uh, some, some, some people saying that things that test screening so before a movie uh, officially gets a mainstream release right they do test screening so they have like tiny audiences come in and react to the film and then maybe they will change certain things cut certain scenes add certain things or, or whatever or you know tweak the film such that it responds better so as to um, you know to have better reactions like you know when it does eventually get released and apparently like, there's some gossip saying that the test screenings for Bad Girl was so bad that, like, they basically just wanted to cut their losses and not put it out at all because they didn't want to have something that is not going to perform well or something like that. So today, I, I mean, today is in the day that I'm speaking, which is Friday. In Friday, Friday morning, I saw several reports saying that uh, David Zaslav, during the uh, Warner Bros. Discovery earnings call, um, talked about the the axing of Bad Girl. La. So he said, you know, we're not going to launch a movie until it's ready. We're not going to mon- launch a movie to make a quarter. And we're not going to put out a movie unless we believe in it, which is to say that he doesn't believe in Bad Girl. And I would say that it is here. I note that Bad Girl is uh, fairly 
a progressive movie in the sense that it had quite diverse characters. It was directed by people of colour and it stars a an actress of colour, uh, Leslie Grace, who uh, you, know, you would know from films such as In the Heights. Uh, she's born to Dominican parents. So yeah, like uh, optics-wise, they did X, a movie with you know, that was fronted by people of colour, right? Which doesn't seem to be... In 2022, that's not great optics. But yeah, basically, they decided to... So David Zaslav's decision was to shelve two nearly completed feature films, which is Bad Girl and Scoob. And Bad Girl, by the way, is like 90 million in budget. So they've already sunk 90 million into this, but not putting it out. They're just not going to... It's not going to put it out at all. Like, nowhere will you be able to find it. This movie will just disappear and they will bury it. This is basically what they want to do. And there is also uh, this... Uh, basically, the industry talk is that because if you... Because I think some, you know, um, people listening to this will be very confused as to why they don't just put out the movie and then whatever can earn, earn a bit, lah, then like, okay, lah, then forget about it. Because... You know, almost done ready. I finished ready. They still want to, don't want to put it out. So yes, I understand that train of thought. But um, from a very, very business perspective, uh, when you put out a film, you have to pay for the distribution cost. So you have to distribute the film across platforms, across theaters or whatever. And you have to also put, out money, put, in, put money into promoting the film, right? Posters, having the stars go on red carpets, which are all events they are expensive right paying for their clothes or whatever makeup artists whatever you know things like this if they believe that the movie will not make them money if they put money into distributing and um, promoting it they are going to lose more money and also if they never put out the movie meaning there is no way they can ever monetize the movie via streaming or theatrical release then they can use it as a tax write-off which I believe is like basically because it counts as a loss so I guess you can say like you didn't earn as much, so you don't get taxed as much. That's my that's my thinking, lah. Okay, I'm not super sure what the American tax system, especially corporate wise, works like. So yeah, so that's the some of the 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 um justification, I guess. Uh, both official justification from David Zaslav and uh, you know sort of like industry speculation justification for canning these two movies. And David Zaslav also said something else. During this earnings call, he made it very, very clear that he wanted DC to be like Marvel. He basically wants a 10-year plan and, you know, the superhero properties will become part of a broader content strategy. And he actually name-checked. He said it is the approach that Disney has taken with Marvel, Marvel Studios as uh, run by Kevin Feige, right? But I think he didn't say, like, who would be his Feige person in Warner Bros. But yeah, so he basically talked a lot about quality and, like, growing the DC brand, growing the DC characters and to protect the DC brand. And just basically implying that Batgirl was just not up to standard and putting out Batgirl would have harmed the DC brand. I have a lot of thoughts about this, but I would, you know, discuss it later. Okay, and then on the point of uh, HBO Max quietly removing certain titles of their streaming site, right? So, uh, Variety reports that uh, they have removed Moonshot, which is a sci-fi rom-com starring uh, Lana Condor and Cole Sprouse. So Lana Condor is from To All The Boys I Loved Before, which is the really popular um, YA series of movies on uh, Netflix. And Cole Sprouse, you know, also, you know, teen idol type person. And then uh, they have also removed the 
comedy Super Intelligence, which stars Melissa McCarty. They have removed the 2020 remake of The Witches, which was a big, uh, was was quite a big title in the sense that they had a lot of big stars. So it could, had Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, T- Stanley Tucci, Chris Rock. Um, they have taken down an American Pickle, starring Seth Rogen. Um, they took down a heist film, Locked Down, which also has Anne Hathaway. Poor Anne Hathaway, she's getting a lot taken down. Um, and this drama called Charm City Kings. So they've taken down um, quite a few of these uh, HBO Max originals. So they're called Max originals. Um, and the... I don't think there is like an official explanation by why they were taken down, but these decisions, this like missing uh movies, right, were noticed after the decision to uh ex bad, bad girl came out, uh like leaked line to the news and people started like trolling trolling through HBO Max being like is something going on? So yeah, like yes, they are taking off these things and the Industry speculation is that uh, because when you, even though these are movies technically owned, you know, by uh, Warner Bros. Discovery because they are under Max, HBO Max and everything, they do still have to pay like a small amount of licensing or something to put it on their platform. So they are taking down, reportedly, like, they are taking down some of the underperforming titles so that they don't have to sink that cost anymore into the platform and they just take it down. Like. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. So now moving on to my own thoughts on um, these uh, these developments in the uh, Warner Bros. Discovery DCEU, and uh, which I will have to clarify, it will touch on uh, Ezra Miller. The actor Ezra Miller, who plays the Flash in the feature films, uh, and because we touch on Ezra Miller, we will have to. I would just put out a trigger warning here. There will be stuff that is related to violence. There will be stuff that is related to possibly sexual grooming, and uh, you know, just if you want to check out here, you know, go ahead and check out. But yes, we will be talking about that. Um. So, firstly, let's not get into something so uh so heavy yet. Uh, let's not get into the Ezra Miller part yet. Let's firstly talk about how I do feel that this idea of things just being like this, this whole idea of things just being taken off a streaming platform, deeply troubling and honestly, like very depressing. Because the thing is, in this age of streaming, right, we don't really own um, TV shows or movies physically anymore. Right, because in the age of streaming, the age of the internet, we just assume that everything will be available online. Right, we assume that we can just rent a movie off Amazon, rent a movie off Apple, you know, Apple TV, Apple Movies, iTunes. You can find something on YouTube. You can find something on Netflix, whatever. So we don't like. How long has it been since you've had like a DVD? Even DVD players are kind of like being phased out. You know, Blu-ray players they're being phased out. You know. But the thing is, this incident of HBO Max um, taking titles off their platform, titles that they own, right, off the platform, means that you probably will not be able to legally find any of these titles anymore, right? And it's very scary because when you consider how much 
how many movies that you love, how many TV shows that you love are on streaming and that you don't own a physical copy of, if one day something happens, if one day one of these companies don't do well, shut down, or they like uh, Warner Brothers, uh, take titles off to cut costs or whatever, you will just lose that movie or that that uh, TV show, you know. I mean, of course, I believe that they do keep certain records, uh, you know, of their, of their own content, but it's likely that they also keep those records digitally. And if something happens, like, some big like breakdown of the system or you know because some somebody smashed something some important microchip and whatever then those titles are gone right and we've had a long history of films being disappeared you know a lot of old old films from things from you know 1930s 1950s 1960s are gone because sometimes they disappear in fires. Sometimes they are not well taken care of. Uh, sometimes people just lose them along the way, transporting things here and there. So it's very sad, right? Because you think about like how much effort has been put into um, this, the making of of art pieces, right? They are technically they are art, right? I do believe that television and movies and film is is an art form. They're just destroyed, lah. You know, we t- tend to think of these things. Uh, in terms of like uh, paintings, you know, like paintings that have been lost or destroyed or gone and you can never get it back. It's kind of the same, you know, with uh, television shows and movies, even in this era, even in this era where everything's on the internet. It is entirely possible that legal copies of these things would disappear. If you don't own a physical copy of it, you might never be able to access it ever again, right? So it's very scary. And yeah, I mean, piracy, piracy exists, I guess. And I suppose this is one justification for piracy, but it's not going to solve all your problems because not everything will be pirated or will be saved, you know. So it is very disturbing and very troubling to me that, um, you know, things are just getting taken off platforms and we increasingly are realising that we don't actually own any of the content that we so-called have bought because technically, if you buy a movie off iTunes, basically you own a digital copy of the movie, right? If you buy a movie off iTunes. But imagine if something happens with the system or what, you don't actually have a physical copy. So like that ownership, right, is also not entirely guaranteed. So I do feel like those this, this is a problem that we have to deal with as we grow further into the internet age, right? Um, this idea of like preserving things and preserving things uh, preserving movies and TV shows that are primarily on the internet now. Okay, and then now moving on to the cancelling of Batgirl and Scoop 2 and the DCEU strategy. Firstly, I think it's very, very, very sad that movies that were almost completed um, will never see the light of day, you know, because movies take a lot of time to make. Movies take a lot of people to make. And all of these people put an effort uh, and all of these people wanted to make something good, something beautiful. Even if you don't agree that it's good or beautiful, even if you think it's completely trash, these people put an effort, you know. And the fact that their effort will never, ever be seen by the world is a loss. And it is deeply, deeply, deeply sad for these people who have put in so much work, right? I mean, just imagine being at your own workplace, uh, putting a lot of effort into something that you were really proud of and then nobody ever seeing it and it never mattering. So it's very, very sad, right? So that's one thing. And the other thing is um, 
this idea of I'll, I'll leave Ezra Miller to the end so I'll address this DCEU uh, the marvelification of DCEU first so David Zaslav basically wants DC to function more like Marvel, right? This idea that things are connected, there's a big plan, you know, like phase one, phase two, phase three, like, okay, all these people are living in an interconnected universe, you know. They, he basically wants this sort of big plan, right? And I have to say, I mean, I'm not a big comics person. I'm not even a big superhero person. But I have to say, I'm not entirely sure that this Marvel whatever Marvel has done can be recreated at all. Because it is, firstly, it's a very long process and I don't even think Marvel... The the Marvel people were not, like, immediately off the top at the beginning of, like, you know, Iron Man and Hulk, ready to make this big 10-year plan, you know? It sort of came to them along the way, I think, and it just sort of folded in... Uh, bigger and bigger plans as it became clearer and clearer that this MCU was something that is profitable and people enjoy and people like. So, firstly, I don't think it can be recreated that easily. And to ask people to make stories that last 10 years, that will be coherent over a period of 10 years, over a period of, I don't know, 20 films or something, that is a big, big, that is a tall, tall order and it's a very, very difficult thing to ask people to do and I don't think you can really successfully do it that well Um, and also even within the Marvel Universe there are already complaints right there are already people saying like you know like do I really have to watch everything to watch this movie like for example Doctor Strange 2 was tight so uh, Doctor Strange um, in the multiverse of madness or something is tied very very tightly to WandaVision so if you didn't watch the Disney Plus TV series WandaVision, then you would be very lost when you watch Doctor Strange. So like there's already some sort of fatigue, right, about like how much you have to consume in order to uh be still be part of, of the to understand the cinematic universe. So there's already that. I'm not sure there is enough of a market for two superhero multiverses type interconnected things because I do feel like you can get that with Marvel and then wouldn't it be better right this is just my own take like wouldn't it be better for DC to sort of position itself away from that rather than position itself closer to that trying to play catch up to Marvel because you can always you can position yourself away from that by making more like um independent stories, right? Like, independent superhero films that don't necessarily have to connect with other superheroes. This... And you can be a bit more, like, I guess, creative, lah, because in Marvel, right, because they are tied to this 10-year plan thing, they always have to seed uh, the, the new movie into another movie. They always have to tie things in together with all their movies. So I think it does limit their creativity a bit. And it does limit what they can do with the properties a bit. But if you position yourself away from that and you, you do like a one-and-done film, then you can do something like, say, like Joker, right? For example, the Joaquin Phoenix movies. So you can do something very genre. You can do something very, you know... um very standalone and it can be very creative because it is standalone. It is not bound by this idea that you have to tie into other things. You have to lead up to the sequel. You have to introduce Wonder Woman. You have to introduce Batman. You know, you can just do, say, a really great Batman movie that's really dark or really, really grungy. I don't know. I just feel like this doesn't seem like a particularly winning strategy. But of course, I'm not the boss of Warner Bros. Discovery. So, you know, nobody will listen to me. But this is just my thought. 
But I do have one very, very strong thought, which is the Ezra Miller problem. Okay, so let's get into the Ezra Miller problem. Uh, It's very long, but I will try to keep it very short. Basically, when David Zaslav said things like, we want to protect the DC brand, you know, we don't want to put anything that's not of of this right quality out, you know, we need to protect the brand, this idea of protecting the brand. It all sounds a bit hollow when you consider that Ezra Miller is still employed with Warner Bros. Discovery as the star actor of The Flash. Because if you have been following anything at all about this actor, and I don't blame you for not wanting to follow it because it has been a very difficult couple of years, um, Ezra Miller has had many, many, many troubles. I remember when I first encountered him and it was in Perks of Being a Wallflower. I believe that was 2013, a long time ago already. And back then he was this like, kind of up-and-coming actor, you know, a bit androgynous, very interesting, and people were, like, very excited about Ezra Miller as an actor. And then he started getting franchise roles. So he got uh, The Flash, he got, um, he was in uh, Fantastic Beasts, he's in the Fantastic Beasts franchise uh, as Credence Bare Bones, so I remember that as well. And look, the Fantastic Beasts franchise has its own problems, let's not get into that. But yeah, basically he started getting these franchise roles, And then after a while, we started hearing like a lot of really um, troubling stories about him. So there's things like uh, he reportedly is prone to emotional outbursts. uh, And he apparently was when during the when Fantastic Beasts halted filming because of the COVID-19 pandemic, he apparently like started a commune or something. And, like, paid for everybody's food, like, and weed, which is marijuana and lodging and things like that. And I don't know who these other people in the lodging are, you know, a bit confusing. And then, uh, this is also 2020, he, like, put out a video. I think he tweeted a video of himself choking a woman and throwing her to the ground. So that's very confusing as well. Uh, And then, like, it was the kind of thing that, like, people started to be like, is Ezra Miller okay? Because he's starting to look a bit, you know, like he might have some issues, might have some troubles. And then he also uh, posted a really odd video in which he tells the members of the Ku Klux Klan, which is a uh, racist organization, I believe they're a white supremacist organization in the US, to kill themselves with their own guns. Um, he also apparently uh, got a physical with uh, certain uh, certain people. He was arrested in Hawaii, charged with disorderly conduct and harassment after he uh, got into a fight with some of the people in a, in a bar. La. And um, there is, I believe the Hawaii Police Department did confirm that this happened. And um, then there's also like a... a, a some people filing restraining orders against him. Um, And I believe there was also another incident of assault uh, in Hawaii again. Uh, It's a, a, you know, arrest uh, and another arrest. And then, um, this is again super weird and uh, it's super long. uh, So I'm not going to tell you everything about it. But um, these parents have come out, the parents of this 18-year-old uh, non-binary child have come out to accuse Ezra Miller 
of grooming their child. And oh, Ezra Miller, by the way, I think also goes by the they, them pronouns. I believe they identify as uh, non-binary as well. Um, so this the parents are saying that, are alleging that Miller has been involved with their child since their child was 12. And um, right now, I think I'm very confused, but I believe right now the the child and Miller are actually together and on the run or something like that. It's very confusing. And I believe the child, uh, the I think the child is called Gibson. Yeah, I think the child is called Gibson Iron Eyes. Gibson. So apparently Gibson is against the parents' um you know, trying to hold Miller accountable for this. It's it's a bit of a confusing situation, but basically a very young person is involved uh, somehow with Ezra Miller and it has become a, a, a bit of a legal issue. So, yeah, like clearly, even taking away the, 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 the sexual grooming aspect, you know, the parents are alleging that Ezra Miller sexually groomed their, their child. Even taking away the sexual grooming case, Ezra Miller has been involved in several violent incidents, right? And, you know, I don't know what's going on with, with you know, Miller, you know, if they are feeling, uh, if they are going through a, a mental health, uh, you know, crisis or something, I, I'm not sure. And if they are, I really hope they seek help. But just from a business perspective, David Zaslav saying that he wants to protect the, the DC brand, cancelling Bad Girl, which is almost done, stars, uh, a woman of colour who has not, by the way, been involved in as many troubles as Ezra Miller has, but keeping the flesh and keeping Ezra Miller as the flesh, despite the fact that he has had several violent incidents, I mean, it come, It just all sounds a little bit hypocritical, right? Like, you say you want to protect the brand and you keep Ezra Miller around. Like, what's going on here, right? So it just all seems to me like, this entire thing with DCU, this entire thing with restructuring HBO Max and, and just the entirety of what's going on at Warner Bros. Discovery seems to me like extremely uncoordinated and not um just just not a good PR wise or so just handled really, really badly because yeah, I mean the secret removing, the hush hush removing of titles of their platform, just out of nowhere canning to you know, almost completed titles at to the shock, by the way, of the of the uh, filmmakers themselves. So, you know, those filmmakers were, were informed quite late la, that their their films and everything would be shelved. So it just seems, you know, a bit disrespectful and um overall sound rings a bit hollow because of the this whole they have an Ezra Miller problem and when you don't address that problem you know, it all feels a bit hollow when you talk about wanting to protect the brand, wanting to put things out of high quality, wanting to, you know, make DC a really wonderful property, very good property and everything. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, you deal with your Edra Miller problem first, then you come and talk this big talk, right? So for me, it just all rings very, very hollow. And that's it. That is what I wanted to talk about today. And I hope uh, you guys enjoy it. And if you have anything you want me to talk about, do... Uh, find me at podcast at sph.com.sg or you can email me directly at genly at sph.com.sg or you can find me on my Instagram at genlyrice. And yeah, this was a bit of a messy episode because really the news is so new. So I, I, I was trying to like, you know, 
put it into something coherent. And there's, there's so many parts to this news as well. So it's a little bit messy. I hope you forgive me. And, you know, till then, uh, that's your dose of pop culture for this week. And thank you for listening. Bye-bye. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.